Hello, and welcome to episode 39 of the Physique Development Podcast. We're getting rolling in the new year, and we're going to talk about low appetite. So this podcast is going to be extremely applicable um, for a multitude of people. So if you are in a growing phase and you're having a hard time getting your food in, or if you are in a place where you're... Um, really, really busy and you need to get your calories in and want to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck, or if you've just struggled with a low appetite in general, or if you're sick and so your appetite or taste buds are a little bit wonky, but you know you need those calories in. And I'm sure there's a few other people that this is going to be applicable to um, as a whole. So rolling into things and just going ahead and getting started. Number one is going to be to go ahead and address stress. Oftentimes people think about, oh, I have low appetite. I just need to focus on getting in as much calories as possible, or I need to do something within food, which is definitely true. And we're going to get to that here in a second. But stress is going to be a huge, huge factor here. Stress and sleep, honestly, are going to be two very huge ones that people don't take into consideration when it comes to food all of the time. So when it comes to stress, so the GI tract um, is going to run its best when it's in a parasympathetic state. The parasympathetic state is often coined the rest and digest state. Um, and then the other side of that, you have the parasympathetic um, nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is going to be when you're stressed, when your heart rate is high, when you're training. And it's okay to have those times in that sympathetic nervous system. You have to when you're training, but we want to be parasympathetic dominant. And so within this, some different things that we can do, because when you are in that sympathetic state, and especially when you're biasing a sympathetic state, it can put you in a place where you are impacting digestion, sleep, and then increasing other stressors. Because if you are in that fight or flight, which is that sympathetic, so fight or flight is sympathetic, rest and digest is parasympathetic, then you can be in a spot where your digestion's not working as well, your sleep is off. And if your sleep is off, that can heavily impact your digestion your stress or your cortisol might be higher, which can again affect sleep and affect your digestion and affect all of these factors. So it's something that you want to think about this as a domino where a lot of things in your body honestly go very off kilter the second that sleep is affected or stress is very high. And so some things that you can do to address that stress is to make sure you're getting seven to eight hours of sleep. I'm also going to have linked in the show notes a post that I made all about sleep. And this is going to be extremely important for you to learn about what sleep affects as well as different things you need to do to make sure that your sleep is in the absolute best spot. I am going to go ahead and do a little bit of a cliff notes version of what sleep does so that you can truly understand why it's important and why you heavily need to prioritize this whether you have a low appetite or not, because this is going to be imperative for losing fat, gaining muscle, being healthy, being able to see results, being creative, and so many other aspects. So sleep is going to aid in muscle recovery, repair, and growth. It regulates hormones like your leptin, your ghrelin, your growth hormone, testosterone, insulin. It can um, it regulates your metabolism and your appetite. So again, if your sleep is off, that could be causing low appetite. 
It strengthens your immune system, which we all need right now. It reduces mood changes, stress, and anger, increases balance and coordination. It has a positive impact on blood sugar, blood pressure, and inflammation. It allows your digestive system to function properly. Hint, hint, hint. Um, it has a positive impact on mental abilities and emotional state, helps with fat loss, and then it also aids in your ability to concentrate, learn new things, be creative, and so much more. So if that didn't sell you on really prioritizing your sleep in 2022, I really do not know what will. But getting that seven to eight hours of sleep, also having unwind and unplugged time. Uh, so it's something of this isn't to say like, hey, every time you eat, you need to be completely unplugged because I would be a major hypocrite to say that. Um, while there is uh, research that states that it's great to be able to eat without distractions. I know that we live in a very distracted world. So um, but just having unwind and unplugged times, whether that's right before bed or in the morning or whatever that looks like for you, having that space. And speaking of stress in general, when it comes to eating, um, it's something of being able to make sure that your heart rate is lower as well. So if you're in a really stressed state, whether you have to eat really quickly or you're in a rush or you're on the go, if you try to eat super duper quickly, you might recognize, hey, I have some stomach upset right now. Um, and that can be from that stress because when you're in that sympathetic state, blood pulls away from the stomach and it goes to the muscles. So when you're training, that also might be um, if you ever feel like you ate too close to training and then you're having problems with digesting your food, that can be another thing of, okay, all the blood is pulled away from the stomach and it's working on your other muscles that you're using. And so it is something to be cognizant of what that looks like, of being able to kind of have that unwind time after you train, being able to have that time in the morning. Because if you start your morning and you're go, 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 and you're rushing out the door, then that can really cause that, again, that stress to really carry you throughout your day. Um, another thing here within stress is training within your recovery capacity. Um, and you can do some things to turn on your parasympathetic nervous system, like going for walks outside is phenomenal. It's something that I have done for the past to six months, six to nine months of getting outside for a minimum of 20 minutes a day. And it's helped me considerably, not only within my stress levels, my sleep, but my parasympathetic nervous system, my recoverability, and so many other factors here. And for my dogs loving me more, which is always a great bonus. But it's something that um, going on walks outside is great for your circadian rhythm and your sleep um, and making sure that those walks are not something where you're trying to do work during that time. It's something where you're keeping your heart rate low. You're just going on a casual walk and that can really help with digestion as well. Um, and then addressing life stressors as well is going to be a big one. The next is going to be to question digestion. And I know I talked somewhat about that when it comes to stress, because those can go hand in hand. Um, and you've heard the term probably you are what you eat, but it's more so you are what you digest. So if your digestion is off, that should definitely be your main priority. So you need to be able to pay attention to food sourcing, fiber, stress, and then looking at some of these other variables. So heart rate getting close to your resting heart rate, again, is going to be very helpful for your digestion being the absolute best, chewing your food. And I can stand here and tell you that I am, I'm pretty bad about this, or I used to be, where I would just guzzle down my food and I wouldn't feel good first eating that quickly. And then I wasn't chewing my food very good. And then I would be having like yogurt and I'll be like, oh, yogurt digests so much better. But it was because I didn't have to chew it and I would just eat it as fast as my normal meals. So 
thoroughly chewing your food. Digestion starts in the mouth. If you do not thoroughly chew your food, you're likely going to have problems with your digestion. Keeping your fiber consistent from day to day. We have a whole nother podcast going over fiber and talking about variables for that. So I'll make sure that episode is linked in the show notes as well. Not drinking too much liquid during the meal. This can be something that if you drink too much during your meal window, you can really flush out some of those digestive juices and then cause things to be a little bit wonky on that digestion side as well. So making sure that your water is timed um, in between meals and not like, hey, I'm going to drink a liter of water with this meal because that could cause some um, disruption. And this is something that you really do need to pay attention to how your body responds to things and take these as guidelines and things that you can apply, try, and try again. Um, And another one's going to be keeping a food journal. So all of these things didn't have to do with food sourcing specifically. So keeping a food journal can be very helpful for food sourcing. And within a food journal, if you're like, okay, well, how do I do that? I already track my food on my fitness pal. Most of us have iPhones or smartphones. Open up the notes pad on your phone and after each meal, say like, hey, this is how I felt directly after, this is how I felt an hour after, um, and to like kind of make notes of what day it is and what meals you're having so you can go back through and see, oh, after meal one every day is when I didn't feel my best. What's in meal one that I might need to address as far as the food, or maybe I'm eating it too rushed, too fast, whatever that may be. Um, so moving forward into the food aspect of having a low appetite. So protein, a lot of protein sources are more complex and they take longer to digest and break down. So be aware um, of the fact that protein is going to have that higher satiety and it is going to be something that um, you do need to know what your personal limit is. Now, there's tons of people out there that are going to tell you how much protein you should eat per meal. I will say that 20 to 25 grams is going to be the minimum needed for muscle protein synthesis. And we do want muscle protein synthesis to happen and we want to have protein feedings throughout the day. That's why we don't just have protein five grams every like 30 minutes. We have them in protein feedings and meals. So it's going to be important to have a minimum of that 20 to 25 grams of uh, protein in your meal, but each person is going to have a limit for themselves. So for Alex, he can eat like 60, 70 grams of protein in a meal and be fine. Whereas for me, it's something where my limit is kind of like that 40 to 50 range, 50 being on like, I have to be careful of what food sources I'm using to get to that 50. If it's a protein shake, I can handle it. If it's like all red meat, I might not be able to. So being aware, again, being reflective on you is going to be a huge thing of this as a whole, you have a lot of the keys that you just haven't personally unlocked yourself. Um, And for me talking about the satiation and it being something that you need to be conscientious of, if you're in a growth phase and let's say you don't have a coach, so you're not having a conversation about like, oh, here, this is where my protein is. This is how I'm feeling. It is something where I would just go ahead and keep your protein around a gram per pound and then move all the rest over to carbs and fats and use that so that you're not having as high satiation with the protein and being able to get in some different food sources there as well. So some different things that you can do within protein is picking a protein 
protein that's easier to digest. So within that, it's something that you can choose options with less connective tissue. So let's say you're having a lot of beef or red meat, switching to salmon or seafood is going to be less connective tissue. Or if you're having chicken and you're having issues with it, switching to a white fish. It's also something of choosing options that are already broken down. This is something I personally do a lot. Um, So things like shredded chicken, ground turkey, ground beef, ground chicken. Ground turkey is personally one of my favorites. Super duper easy for me to digest because it's already broken down. Whereas red meat, I I feel like I can't have it throughout the day because it's really hard for me to sit there and chew everything and get done with my meal in time to get back to what I need to. So um, these things with less connective tissue or something that's already broken down will just make it a little bit easier for you to personally consume that protein and be able to have an easier time with digestion um, and being able to get it in quicker and move forward. So going on to carbs, carbs are going to be the easiest to digest and push in high growth phases without too much stomach discomfort. So it's something that some easy choices are going to be ones lower in fiber and ones that are simple carbohydrates. And this is because fiber is going to digest slower. And if you have a complex carb, it's going to digest slower. Of course, again, take this as you need it. If you are someone who is diabetic, has problems with blood sugar levels or anything like that, then maybe you might need to adjust this and you can't just do all simple carbs or something like that. So pay attention to that. Again, this is general information that you need to be able to apply to yourself. Um, So Um, It's also something that wheat can cause gas and bloating in some people. So pay attention to what your body is telling you. Again, be self-reflective on what works for you. So switching to lower fiber options for carbs can be great. Rice-based products are the freaking go-to. They're non-gas forming, they digest easy, and they're easy to eat. So think of cream of rice, rice cakes, rice in general, um, and being able to kind of go to those. And those are going to digest extremely extremely, extremely easy. Um, Another thing here is liquid carbs. So Mike's Mix is something that you've probably heard Alex and I talk about. You can get it on Amazon. You can get like 100 servings that last you for forever. Um, It's non-flavored. I mix it in with um, my intro workout drink be able to get some extra carbs in easy to not think about it, not have to plan a meal, not have to prep anything, just literally put powder in my cup and move. Um, So that's a really easy one. Of course, Gatorade is a great one. So obviously not going with a Gatorade Zero or something like that, a full calorie Gatorade to get those carbs in from that Gatorade or something like Carbolin or any other like energy, not energy drink, but something like Gatorade, like a full calorie Powerade, those kind of things that are going to have those calories in place that you can use forward within. You can use it intro workout or you can drink it alongside your meal um, of being able to get in those extra carbs as well. Some other great things for carbs are going to be dried fruit, super easy bang for your buck, Um, jelly, super easy bang for your buck, honey, super duper easy to put that on freaking oats, on cream of rice, on your rice cakes, on your chicken, on whatever it may be, that's going to be really, really easy to get a good punch. Um, Fruit in general is going to be great for you um, for getting in those carbs. Think think about things like barbecue sauce that are going to be higher in carb. Utilize those things to be able to help you reach your goals. And I also really love dates. Those do have some fiber in it, so I will kind of make an asterisk next to that. Uh, But dates are really delicious. Like two of them is like 
30 or 40 carb. So it's super easy, low volume, ready to go. Because that's something else you really want to think about is what's going to be lower volume to get me to my goal um, so that I can get in more food when needed. Because because personally, I'm eating over 300 carbs right now. And it's something of, all right, within my meals, yes, I can eat that many carbs and disperse. Okay, I have 300 carbs, I eat four meals and disperse it all that way, which is a a tip that I recommend in the podcast talking about how to hit your macros consistently and with ease. So you can check that one out as well. I'll put it in the show notes. And I could just say, hey, I'm going to get 75 carbs per meal. But it might be something where eating 75 carbs in a specific meal, depending on the time frame I have, what that meal is, how it's going to digest for me might not be the best option because I also, again, have to take into consideration my life. My first meal of the day and my last meal of the day, I normally have the most time to eat. The two meals in the middle, I could be having to eat that right before I leave somewhere, go to a meeting, do something else, whatever it may be. So it might be something of, hey, I'm going to go ahead and have a little bit less carbs here and then push those carbs over over to my intro workout or push them over to a drink to have later on to get that in um, and to be in a solid spot. So you really, really want to think about, hey, what's going to digest the easiest, what's going to have the lowest food volume, and what's going to allow me to get to where I want to go. The other thing here I want to talk about was vegetables. So people might try to ditch out on vegetables, and I will say 100%, it is so, 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 so much harder to hit high allotments of food with all whole food. I will 1 million percent give you that. Um, That is very true. (laughs) But within that, we do want to think about uh, the quality of our food sources and also how that impacts digestion. I personally, as well as clients, notice a huge difference from eating a lot of processed foods versus whole foods of how I personally feel, how my digestion feels, how my skin looks, how my energy is, all of those aspects. So you do need to pay attention for you yourself of what that threshold is for processed foods. Because I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I eat all pure dried fruit and all these things and I'm perfect. Um, I, I eat Starburst to, you know, get to my goal. I'll eat candy to get to my goal and I'll grab these other things to be able to get to where I need to go. So take that and again, apply it as needed to your life, but pay attention to how you feel because that's going to be the biggest indicator of how things are going. I've been in growth phases where I've eaten this amount and a lot more than this amount, and they've been a lot less productive just because I was in such a negative spot with my digestion and how I was feeling on a day-to-day basis. So going back to vegetables, it's very easy to kind of ditch vegetables because you're like, hey, I don't need the volume. I do not want to deal with the fiber. I am already getting enough fiber. I'm good to go. Because if you're eating more food, it's a lot easier to get trace fiber and trace protein and trace fats throughout the day with those higher allotments of food. But it is something that, again, we want to pay attention to micronutrients. It's not just about calories. It's not just about macros. Your physique will look feel and function better with nutrients in place. So you want to limit gas forming vegetables to things like broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, onions, 
opinions, um, trying to limit those because those can be more gas forming and can cause more discomfort. Um, and choosing low FODMAP options in general, if you don't know what FODMAPs are, just search low FODMAP foods. It's something that I personally have done low FODMAP diets multiple times due to my digestion and making sure that everything's in the best spot because high FODMAP foods can be more irritable or cause more gas. And so it's something that if you're having problems with digestion, going low FODMAP or choosing more low FODMAP options can be super helpful. Cooking your vegetables can be freaking huge. Um, so raw vegetables are a lot harder to digest. And I can again say from a perspective of someone who has digestive issues that I do not consume raw vegetables because they do cause some issues for me. Um, but another thing within vegetables is sneak them in. So I have pancakes in the morning. I blend in spinach with that. I'll chop spinach. And the joke is Alex will say like, chop it fine like uh, cilantro. Um, I'll chop spinach up really fine and just throw it in any meal so I can barely taste it. It's not like all wilted and soaking, dripping wet, which I don't like. Um, or like, let's say that you're making a smoothie, throwing in some spinach, throwing in some different stuff in there can be very helpful. Doing it in soups can be very helpful. And soups, while they can be great for lower calorie, they can be really great for higher calorie that are very easy to digest and pack a lot of nutrients in there. Use some bone broth in there as well. You're good to go. Um, or even if you're making like... Um, like muffins or whatever. There's tons of recipes for like how to, you could even like search how to sneak in veggies for kids and use those methods to sneak them in your own meals um, and be in a really solid spot. Um, and then talking about the fat macronutrients. So it is something where within growth phases, we do want to be conscientious of fat gain and making sure that depending on our physique goals that we're keeping that in line, but we're talking about the macronutrient of fat. And it is something that fats are going to be extremely helpful for hormonal function. So if we're looking at someone who's in a place where they are sick or they are in an improvement season, your hormone function is very, very important. So we do want to make sure that we have fats in place but this is something that I would highly recommend playing with personally. So it is something where fat is going to be a better bang for your buck of carbs and protein are four calories per gram and fats are nine calories per gram. So obviously they add up a lot quicker. And so it is something where that can be very easy to, Hey, I need to get more calories and fats are the way to go, but it is going to be personal as far as how that sits in your stomach. I have some clients that can consume a ton of fat and feel fine. Others that have to have limited fat, whether it's because just how they feel or they have a medical issue where they can't consume more fat. So it is something you do have to play with a little bit. And I would recommend, okay, being really consistent for a week or two of higher fats and then a week or two or lower fats and see kind of how things play out for you if calories are equated within those two weeks and just macros are changed. Um, so some easy ways to get fat in and the reason within fat that you might want to play around with it, if you're like, oh, it's great calories, I can get it in really easy is because it can slow down digestion. And so if that is impeding you, then you do want to kind of play around with what that amount of fat looks like. But adding oils to meal is low volume and super duper easy calories. I love putting olive oil on drizzled on top of my meals it's delicious. Use oils over nuts to lower fiber. Um, 
using coconut oil can be really helpful because it's a medium chain triglyceride and those are digested easier than long chain triglycerides. Um, And then adding in things like chia, flax seeds, sunflower seeds are going to be, again, super easy sources of fat that are going to be pretty low volume to get in. And then you can, of course, use nuts and avocado and stuff like that. But we do want to talk about that in the whole context of what we're going through. So a few extra tips here can be using a big plate or bowl. It's something that they've done a lot of research. I say they. I do not know the research study off the top of my head, but if you are interested, I will find it for you. As far as the um, perception of yourself as you're eating food. So it is something that let's say you are um, dieting and you want your food to seem like there's more. I have smaller plates for when I'm dieting because if I put my meal that's smaller on a my normal size plate, I'm like, this looks puny. And then mentally, I'm like, this is a small meal versus if I have it on a small plate, I'm like, oh, this is so much food. But that's a true thing that can happen as well as contrasting colors. Whereas if you're dieting, um, if you have like a white bowl and you have white yogurt in it, it's going to feel like, oh, there's not as much here versus having a contrasted bowl is going to be helpful. So you want to think the opposite if you have a low appetite of using a really big plate or a big bowl so your meal looks smaller um, and being able to use like the same color plate. So again, it's you're not seeing that contrast and you're just able to get that down. Um, starting eating earlier in the day is huge. When I diet, I normally push my meals back later in the day. Um, when I'm not dieting, I got to get up and get them in. Pre-planning your food, which again, listening to the episode on how to track your macros, be consistent and do it with ease, go listen to that episode. That's going to be great. And then pre-planning your meal timing as well. Let's say you pre-plan your food, but you don't even plan out what time you're going to be eating that. That can throw you off as well drink a meal, whether it's a smoothie or you've just kind of mixed together a protein shake with the the Mike's mix and you're good to go. But drinking a meal can make it a lot easier on your digestive system. And it again is low volume. And then don't drop your meat. So sometimes people might say like, oh, don't do as much cardio if you're trying to gain weight, which I think that some people are split on. And it's not something that I'm going to sit here and say is the same for everyone. But I will say that I have been able to eat more food. And of course, it is correlated. If I'm moving more, I'm going to be more hungry. But it has allowed me to be in a spot that my digestion is better because I'm moving more. In past improvement seasons, I moved a lot less and I felt a lot worse and saw worse progress for myself personally because I feel better when I move. I feel better when I get in a certain amount of steps. I feel better when I'm focusing on my digestion. So those are going to be some very easy tips for you to be able to get in food, whether you are growing, you are sick, you have a low appetite, whatever that may be. Um, But the rest of everything else I talked about will be in the show notes. I hope that you guys found this helpful and uh, here's to a great 2022. Hey guys, Austin here. Thank you again for listening into the episode. It means a lot. If you can, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the podcast a five-star review. This does help us grow and be found by others. Also, just wanted to mention, if you guys are interested in free education based around training and nutrition, be sure to check out physiquedevelopment.com backslash free education, where you will find free downloads, videos, articles, etc. No strings attached. Again, thank you. Chat soon.